0: Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoacher leaders. Welcome back to another Supercoacher leads podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express.
1: (laughs) That's right, Corey, the Bombs Express is back. And we'll wrap up these team podcasts here today as we take a look at the reigning premiers, the Eagles, um, and also the Western Bulldogs. But before we do that, cause where can the listeners hit us up on social media?
0: Uh, Find us on Twitter, at SCElites. Also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes, at SuperCoachElites. And yes, Bumps, you are right. We do have the West Coast Eagles and the Doggies for you
1: today. Um, and let's not forget our beautiful website, www.supercoachelites.com.
0: I can't believe I forgot that. It's normally <laughs> just rolls straight off the tongue. It's, yeah. Yes, and as always, once dot com. we can find all our beautiful <laughs> daily articles as well. So, uh, good <laughs> there. there. And now I did, I wrote like a about um, Josh Dunkley this week too. So, not really a good time to forget the website. Um, but look, let's kick into things with our West Coast Cash Cow.
1: Yep, let's, let's have a look. I'm going to have a look at uh, Jack Petricelli. So someone who played three games last year and averaged 20 points. Um, thankfully, he doesn't have like a little bit of an inflation on his price tag. He's priced at 120 ish um, and available as a four-line player. And the beauty about this is uh, not only a second-year player still priced at that, he's got a little bit of experience, but he snagged four goals during the intra-club game the other, the other day. And with Marco Accra on the out now, uh, you know, forward line kind of position there comes up, what Petrocelli will offer you is pace and the ability to hit the scoreboard. You know, he's got a, he's got a basketball background. We like to hear about that, about players, don't we, pause course? Pendles. Um, Pendles. you know, was really the trendsetter for this kind of thing. So he was late to kind of footy. So a year in the system, uh, stagged four in the, in the intra. I think we're starting to see good things. So huge JLT watch for us. And like I said before, Pace is probably his greatest asset. He's not going to be someone who's going to rack up a lot of numbers um, in terms of touches, but might be someone who could be impactful uh, when he does touch the ball, um, get involved in scoring chains, uh, score assists, and even score himself. So yeah, let's just leave him on the JLT watch list now.
0: Yeah, he was very raw. Um, going through that TAC Cup campaign. And, but they, they have huge wraps on him down at the coast. They were just kind of waiting for him to put on a bit of size too. So that looks like it's coming now. And I think it all's going to be really well when it comes to mm-hmm. Um I think we're going to see a bit of him. And he could even debut. So definitely keep an eye out with, um, for him through the JLT. Uh, well... Bumps again. Wouldn't be a West Coast potty if I didn't go with Francis Watson. And this is his year, mate. He's He played really well the other day in the JLT competition. Oh, Not in the JLT competition. In the um, pre season practice. Mm-hmm. He was behind the ball. You know, he's got some great waffle form behind him. And look, look, I don't even have to talk numbers. I don't have to talk stats. I don't have to talk anything. Just trust me, Bumps. Keep an eye out for Francis Watson in the JLT. Get it. Get your pencil out now. Bookmark this name Francis Watson. Watson and get
1: ready it's the year of the yeah, Watson I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, I don't have to bookmark him because he told me to bookmark him for the last six years, every season and in, in your around the ground special he's got best on ground and we're still yet to see him debut so I'll be a little bit more reserved uh, I've got a feeling this could be you know right up sort of Corey Ellis' uh, neck of the woods with your love here for Francis Watson but hey let me tell you this cause if he was to ever get on the field and dominate, no one and, I mean, no one could take this selection away from you. Oh,
0: no. If anyone tries to claim Francis Watson, I'll get their Ozzy out.
1: That's it. Let's go. Okay. Gouge it. What is it? interesting uh, Yeah. <laughs> Your mid-pricer? My, my mid-pricer. Well, I mean, I don't think they offer too much, then. Um, I'm not even going to encourage this pick. I think it's disgusting. But it's going to be Josh Kennedy, purely because he has kind of been a top or six to eight defender on previous occasions. Due to injuries, kind of there, he's kind of getting on in age, though. But at the end of the day, he's probably still one of the premier key forwards in the competition, and uh, in a team that has the ability to score uh, a lot of points, and, and particularly at home, and, and for a bloke that loves to bully a kind of a lowly position team, we all know how much he loves to score a two hundred on a on a doggies or a Gold Coast type outfit, or even Carlton for that matter. Um, yeah, I think it's just him, just purely based on the fact that. Who knows? Maybe he could recapture the form. We saw Tom Hawkins become a top six forward uh, when he was kind of the, the same age as Josh Kennedy. So, um, you know, I think I think that means that you know maybe key forwards are not dead, or sorry, I shouldn't say not dead, but they, they they're non not they're not not super coach relevant um, once they hit their thirty. So, wait and see, but I'm not encouraging it. Uh,
0: Josh Kennedy was also mine, kind of along the same lines there too. But you'd love to see him just put together a full season, wouldn't you? is an injury-free, yeah. go for break, play all 22, kick 80 goals. Um, yeah. The, the problem is, is especially because we play league. It's it's too much of a risk because you'll get 51 week and 150 the next, and I don't think you get enough out of him to to even risk it. I, I thought when Super Coach opened, I thought more teams would be all about JJK. Um, yeah. but they're not. Hey, you're primo.
1: Well, I mean, again, I mean, it's not a not a particular. Sorry, pardon me, I just lost me. Um, lost my voice there, but bit of I honestly don't. I honestly don't know if I can pick anyone uh, as a premium. I don't know we've got players like Elliot Yo and you know people that have talked about Redden and you know these kind of players. But really, are they actually offering us anything that is worthy of a selection? I think the only relevant player is Andrew Gaff. But he's missing what the first three games of the year, so you can't even endorse like that as a selection. But look, we'll speak. I'll speak about Gaff a little bit because he might become an upgrade option at some point. Um, we saw him last year take his game to another level. I think he he will kind of want a little bit of redemption and, and kind of repay the faith. And I think he'd be hungry for a uh, for a flag, to be honest. But look, he took his average from 92 to 108. Um, after kind of languishing in the in the 90 averages uh, for the few years before that, so look, his ability to kind of get 30 touches in a game will not go unnoticed. His ability to kind of get handball received um, and use the ball well is, has always been a great asset of his. But he's kind of never been that real kind of top echelon super coach player until last year, and then he did something incredibly stupid on the field, which was so uncharacteristic of him. So he was look he was involved in 20. 6% of scoring chains for the Eagles last year as well. And in a team that scores a hell of a lot of points, um, that's a that, that's a big number. And look, I, I think, look, he'll be 26, 27 this year. He's in the front of his career. Um, he might become an upgrade option for us later on.
0: I'm in the same boat as you. I didn't really see much value in the others, especially Yo. I know there's a lot of people that are on Yo. Um, I'm not, but Man, Gaff, I'm huge on Gaff. Obviously, you can't start with him, but I think he's going to come into credential again. I'm glad you touched on the hunger. I don't think, I honestly do not think there would be a player right now that would want to prove themselves more in the league probably than Andrew Gaff. He mm. owes that. They, they won a grand final, and that probably was killing him. As much as you'd be... I've heard Bob Murphy talk about it before. The greatest day ever for him was watching Western Bulldogs winning a grand final. The hardest day ever for him was watching Western Bulldogs win that grand final. Because he couldn't play. And I think Gaff would be feeling the exact same way. I think this is going to be a man who comes back with a huge chip on his shoulder. And I think at some stage during the season, we are all going to have a serious look at Andrew Gaff. Serious, serious look. Yep. Your outlandish call for West Coast?
1: My outlandish call is that West Coast will not make the top eight. What? And you know what, I'm, you know what I'm, I'm basing that on? I'm basing yeah. it on the fact that no one rated the list last year and they came out and won the flag and you have a look at the dogs a few years back and the dogs kind of came from nowhere, won the flag and then weren't able to back it up. Maybe you will see something similar with West Coast.
0: Wow. I don't mind it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, my outlandish statement is uh, Elliot Yeo to just fall off the perch and not even finish in the top, whatever you want me to go, I'll say top 25 midfielders.
1: <laughs> top 50, I want you to go yeah. top 50. That uh, would have been a little bit too ballsy. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Just so selfless, just such a selfless player. And I don't think that people are going to get what they want to get out of
1: Elliot Yeo. I agree so much with Yeo falling off the perch as well. So you're yeah. not going really off on that one. Um,
0: jump across to the doggies. That was probably the quickest team we've ever spoken about,
1: reckon. They're just so irrelevant, West Coast. Yeah, just yeah they're the Premiers. Coach Figure that out. Figure yeah. that out. They're the Premiers, but they're so boring.
0: Well, you know what? The Richmond were a pretty boring Premiership team in Supercoach terms as well.
1: But at least they had more, like, dusty, dusty. to kind of talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at least they had, but yeah.
0: Alright, yeah, let's okay. jump across to the doggies.
1: Wow. Uh, if we're having a look at the rookies, and gee, was I excited when this boy got picked, picked up. Uh, the, the former Williamstown goal sneak, uh, goal sneak, goal sneak, Ben Cavara. I uh, think we picked 45 last year. He kicked 66 goals in the last two seasons, and he won Williamstown goal kick in, in both of those years. Um, look, this is someone who had 117K, and the dogs are so renowned for this type of player, aren't they? Dullhouse, oh, yeah. Hunter. Uh, you know, these real small mid-forward type players who can just kind of collect balls, snag goals. What I think what we got here is probably someone who probably spent a little bit more time in the forward line, though. And I think that's a good thing, because I think if he lines up, that does really good things in terms of your bonds, in terms of your dunklings, in terms of your liberatorias. because it potentially means he's taken away from the time they spend in the forward line. So... I'm really curious not only for his ability to kind of earn us some cash here, but what it's going to do for other players around him um, that may make them a little bit more relevant too. So he averaged 86 points in the two in the VFL last year, um, and that was on the back of 16 possessions a game, five tackles, and he was going at just under two goals a game. So um, look, he's he's a small forward, so we're going to get some inconsistency within him, but he is a mature age player which is kind of a flavour around uh, the rookie selections, probably for the last three years or so now.
0: Yeah, well, I can't... You've literally taken the words out of my mouth. Benny Cavara is just almost a little gift to us as well. The mature ages, that's what we love. you got to look for mature ages. They're picked for a reason. Dominated at Williamstown, all about him, all about him. That was mine, so... Move on to the mid-pricer. It's going to be a quick pod, this one. Real quick fight. Yeah,
1: and it might make up for what we've kind of done before. But we'll probably go the same sort of path here you as well. I think there's only one mid-pricer that I'm considering, and that's Liberatore. And when I look at Liberatore, I just think, oh, could we kind of get that 110 average that he's been able to produce for us before? Uh, now, the man's got the new tats. Now, you've seen them. How much are you loving these tats? That he's oh, got the best tattoo in the league, Yeah. Fair income. I mean, you you just want to get yourself down to Krusty Burger after seeing those tats, I'll tell you that. Um man, look, I, I did an article on him earlier in the in the preseason, uh, you know, spoke about kind of, you know, his history in kind in terms of his injury and that obviously being a concern. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a bloke who in 2013 averaged 107, 2014 110. He averaged 90 in 2016. He didn't play in 2015. 2017, he averaged 79. So look, at an absolute minimum, we should be getting 80s from him. And a bloke that we're paying 300k for, I think there is so much upside to him. This will all, this Liberatore thing will all come down to a structure thing, whether you're running miles and Liberatore or one or the other. At the moment, I've got miles ahead of Liber. But uh, I'm, I'm not kind of knocking any team that's running both because they are both such great value picks um, to, to start the year. And this could be anything. Libba could be absolutely anything this year.
0: JLT is going to be so interesting. There was an article today saying about... Uh, I can't remember who was the, they were quoting. They were just saying that Libba's looking in probably the best shape that he's ever looked in in a preseason. Um, yeah, I think it was Hunter or someone yeah, like that. One of those kind of players. I yeah. remember. Um, but I'm really big on liver. I've tried one of him and Miles. I've tried both of him and Miles. I think the one reason why I kind of want to go one is because I think one of them are going to get it right. It's always hard with mid prices. It's very rare that you know we get a lot of mid prices that get it right. So I think the safer option is you go one. I'm in the same boat as you at the moment. I got Miles or liver. You get it wrong, you just sideways trade.
1: Like see. I feel like at the moment with the Fornox situation with him not being currently present in my team because of the suspension on top of his Cox you know suspension from the club all of a sudden like Mummy goes out so you got the extra primo there so I feel like I can afford that extra mid price we're in another position yeah. so I don't feel like my team's kind of skewed because I've got too many mid prices and look he's done 110 before he's done 107 or more on two occasions the bloke's got talent. Contested beef. Knows how to rack up numbers.
0: The first reason, the first thing I done when Max Gorn went out was went um, one of my prim- one of my other primos down to liver and pl- and played with that four and two setup as well.
1: So, you mean bringing Gorn in, not trading him out? But, yeah,
0: sorry, bringing Gorn in. Sorry, did I say Yeah, now? getting Gorn in. Yeah yeah, 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 Sorry, getting Gorn in, and then, yeah, one of the other premium. So, exactly what we spoke about before. Mm. Um, Yeah, I've, I I freaking love Liver. I'm so biased when it comes to Liver though, because it, he's done it for me before. I picked him last time when he was at mid-pricer, and he come in and averaged, what was it, 100 and something. Mm. Um, So, that was a good year. I'm going to go a little bit left of field here, Bombs, because I knew you'd talk about uh, Liver. Timmy English, mate. So Boyd's listen, 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 listen. Boyd's out for a long time. There was another report coming out today that Boyd's back would keep him out for another three months. Um, he is the only ruckman, the only proper ruckman really currently on that list, who's who's played senior football right now. Who's the other boy? It's Sweet is that his name? Sweet. I have no idea. Can't remember him. He's 102k. Um, he's just hit the triple triple figures in the weight column. He's only played nine games of senior football. But at that price, he could be the stepping stone. He could be what you wanted out of your Phoenix. And, you know, if he gets you 90, 95, it's the solo ruckman, good good team to hit down to. Could be one of those players that just comes out of the woodwork and everyone's like, oh, yeah, seen this happen. Not surprised, I, doesn't surprise me.
1: Can I just say, this is the first time, the first time ever, right, that when speaking about a player, weighing triple figures has been a good thing. I, I, I've never heard that before in my so life. It's your, your argument was that he's hit triple figures, so he's good to go. i oh, just, yeah, honestly, that, that just had me just he's, laughing. He's a big boy now. He's ready to play. No, no, look, I totally get where you're coming from, because when you're about two and a half metres tall, it's probably important that you weigh triple figures, but actually it's... When I woke up today, I didn't think I'd hear you say uh, Tim English at triple oh, figures, so he's, he could break out.
0: <laughs> he could be super relevant because he's just he, in triple figures. He could be super relevant. Yeah, the donut that took him over. Yeah, he's, 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 he's been on the this well, podcast so. has been pretty boring to some people. <laughs> <laughs> so I just agree it up with something. Um, your primo.
1: My primo, well, look, in... in absolute com, you know, commemorative style to Brett. I think we need to speak about Jack McRae. Um Look, tick under 690k, probably a bit under, uh, underpriced. Gee, slip of a tongue by that third one. Probably a little bit overpriced. You'd probably like to see him at kind of around that 630-ish kind of mark. But, I mean, the bloke averaged 127 last year. It was 107 the year before that. He's never kind of wavered under 90 In terms of an average in his entire career um, you know he just turns out game after game after game he's kind of been through the whole negative kind of stuff with you know form dropping and you know not doing kind of the team thing and all that sort of stuff i think the most impressive thing about mcrae is because when you think about mcrae you think about you know that, that left foot kick that he's kind of got and you know his ability to kind of get those uncontested marks and all that sort of stuff but I think the elite thing about McCrae is actually his tackle numbers. Like, the bloke averaged five and a half tackles a game last year. And for someone who kind of plays the position that McRae does, I think that's actually a really high number and probably a really good contributing factor to his, um, to his point scoring thing. So, look, I won't knock anyone who, who kind of selects him. I just think it's, yeah, it's got risk involved because he's probably not going to average 127. He, he may not even go above 120, but... Look, if you think he's kind of top ten, you you just select it and you just—it's almost like a set and forget thing. Yeah, who cares if you pay 50k overs because you'll be there for 22 games in your in your team.
0: Yeah, I think the only reason I would do that is if I thought he was top six, not top ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I I just think I think in a year where we're scrounging for dollars. I think it's very, very hard to pick a player that's only ever done it once in a midfield that is so stacked too. Yeah, like, and it's going to
1: be interesting what happens with Wallace and Liber and, and these sorts yeah. as well. Like and just, and I
0: and... cannot see him averaging
1: 130. Mm. I, I,
0: I, and we spoke about this yeah. before, I'm probably more around the 115 mark, if that. One ten yeah. to one fifteen. I think it's. I think it's overs. I think we'll that yeah, exactly. exactly. will get top though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One We'll get top eight. And I'm not doubting yeah. that. I think. I think he will be. You know, top ten. I just think you'll get him at a cheaper price. And plus, I was telling you before, I had a dream. That he scored eighty in round one. So, it, get ready for that. And that, that was just. Up.
1: That's right. Hey, <laughs> let me ask you something. I'm looking at at the moment uh, is actually Fife versus McRae because, I mean, where would you go given Fife's injury history, the 70K and the likely averages between the two kind of being the same, but McRae probably being uh, the less risky because of the injury thing. But having to fork out the 70K for that, where do you sit on that?
0: five if five he's playing round one, because we spoke about this when we'd done the Freeman podcast. I think the five 10, 15, 20 week versus McRae head to head I actually think Fife will outscore him during that period but you're going I've got Fife having a real good year I mean the injury the elbow really scares me now Um, but you've got you've almost got to expect that Fife's not going to play a full season
1: and that's the thing. I mean, it's not a. I mean, we're trying to talk about the dogs here, but I just thought it's interesting to kind of compare the two and where you kind of yeah. sit on that extra seventy k. The
0: the thing that I always try and remember too is, and I know a lot of people will only remember last season because it's so fresh in their mind, but just the amount of players that we've had over six hundred thousand before that haven't gone back to six hundred thousand again the next season. Um, like I mean, we've had one year of McCray, and geez, it was crazy good, but. I'm not as sold on him as everyone else is. I, sound, I actually feel like I'm sounding a little bit too negative about McRae because I think he's going to have a great year. I just think at 700k, is 3-700k off almost 4. What's Patty, what's Patrick Dangerfield? 650? Yeah, 660. Well, there you go. Is that too many? Gorn, mm-hmm. Grundy, McCrae.
1: And Cripps is corner 650 as well, yeah, if Kribble. you think about it.
0: Is that just too much?
1: Because that's how many.
0: almost $3.5 million budget.
1: Yeah. Well, you got to pay for the big boys any Is there any kind of merit in this line of thinking? Um, McRae, obviously, Brett's obviously aligned with him. Brett's kind of dead on the podcast. Will McRae be dead in Supercoach now? <laughs>
0: i just just thinking wow we've Brett's heard crazy thing, super coach, we've heard crazy things honestly like Tim English weighing 100 and, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah look I think that's something big I think I know McRae probably listened to this podcast and probably got really spurred on by Brett's comments last year so um, yeah I just I think oh, I don't want to be that guy I don't want to be the one that says it I'm not, I think you're going to get McRae at such a cheap price during the year yeah
1: like, when you say people what what do you think and kinda of high fives?
0: Yeah, yeah, high fives. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um Your your premium.
0: Yeah. I just can I just quickly say that I don't hate the McCray yeah. pick, but <laughs> like, if anybody's <laughs> looking at McCray, don't feel like uh, Corey's yeah, back on the pick. <laughs> like, I just I feel really bad. I feel like I'm trying to talk people off it. I'm just not I'm just not in love with it. Um Mine's Dunkley. Josh Dunkley. My God, when I was looking at these numbers, talking about getting sucked into numbers and loving players you're writing articles about, jump on and have a look at my article, because there's a lot more in-depth than what I'm about to speak about, but what I'm about to speak about is the season splits, we know I love a season split, and I've gone deep into the paradox, and I've done a split of a split too, so... Rounds 1 to 9, he was dropped in Round 9 after the game against Adelaide for, uh, uh, I was about to say terrific form, for terrible form, um, he was averaging 77.1 supercoach between Round 1 to 9, playing as a mid-forward. Come back after being dropped, was sent back to the VFL to go become a midfielder. Came back in Round 14, and from Round 14 to 23, he averaged 111.3. Now, keep in mind, we have this guy as a 516k midfielder. From rounds 14 to 18, this is where the split inside the split, we are going Matrix style. Rounds 14 to 18, he averaged 91 in that patch. From rounds 19 to 23, which is a five-game span, so it's including 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 131.6. Three of his last six games were 30-plus disposals. It's his impact that he was having on games, though. Tackling, meters gained, contested possessions in that little purple patch. They sent him to the VFL to become a midfielder. He worked on his midfield craft, came back, and absolutely dominated. we got names like McCray, Bontempelli, Libba, Wallace, McLean, Hunter, just to name a few. But obviously at 23 years of age, they had seen enough there to say that they wanted and needed Dunkley to be a midfielder. Can you see that changing now, boss?
1: No. And neither can I. And I've only got three forwards ahead of him right now. And I'm not running a full primo forward line to start the year. But anyone that wants to select him, by all means, go and do it. And if you By are thinking
0: man. about Dunkley, dead set, uh, jump on and read the article. And, and it'll
1: skew you. Disclaimer: Please only do it if you think he's playing midfield, uh, yeah. and like he kind of wasn't that back end there. He because,
0: cannot be a mid forward.
1: Yeah, because uh, if. Sorry? No, it's it's okay. If this is this is your dude, but I'm just saying. I mean, if he kind of does what he did rounds one to nine, and what he averaged in that period was eighty odd, or whatever it was. I mean, Even. it's it's really it's really not enough. It's really not enough, and he needs to be playing that role he played the second half. And if he is, he is as good as, as, good as a pick as any.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think you could go get a play, go play forward, get in that much form, and then send him back, really. Um, how's some of these scores at the back end of the season? 147, 132. These are his last five games. 147, right. 132, 106, 157, 116. Huge like numbers. ceiling is there as well.
1: And I remember laughing at you in the in the back end last year yeah. when you're like, you know, I'm mean like, well, who's a player we can pick up only for finals? And you're like, yeah, Dunkley. And I remember laughing at you, but uh, gee, were you right? And uh, mm.
0: the other thing Josh Dunkley does, and I think that if you are looking at him, is I think he killed McLean. Yeah. I don't think Toby McLean is a viable super coach option. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is because of. The, they realise that Josh Dunkley was their midfielder. McLean is gonna do. He's gonna do the diamond, the diamond, the triangle, whatever you want to call it. Bonts, McLean, um, you know Wallace. I think they're all gonna rotate between the mids and the forwards. And I think you're gonna see that players like Dunkley and McRae spend more time in that midfield. The most important stat for Dunkley too. The reason I, I don't think he's going back forward is the tackles. The amount of tackles he laid. Mm. So, this is when we go to the split. So, in the first half of the season, he averaged 16 disposals, 1.2 clearances, 4 tackles, and 0.4 score assist. We go to the back half of the season, it went up to 27 disposals, 4 clearances, so that's 3 extra clearances a game, 7 tackles, so an extra 3 tackles on top of that, and 1.1 score assist. He ranked 5th in the AFL for tackle attempts from round 14 onwards and 7th overall for effective tackles at round 14 onwards in the midfield.
1: Mm.
0: He's, uh, yeah. But you just got to ask yourself, do you think you're going to get that back into the season form? Yeah. Serious, serious player. Really spruced me up. I'm getting excited now. Mm. Um... Are there any, Do they have any other... Oh, do you want to give Bont a bit of talk?
1: Have you had a look at Bont at all? No, no, I haven't. And, I mean, he kind of fits in that prize frame, you know, around that kind of dusty Zarek, Crouch, Sutherland, Parker, all those kind of players. He fits in there. Um, and, hey, there might be a player... or sorry, there might not be a player. There may be a time where he kind of goes 110, 115, but... I don't think that's going to happen while he continues to spend so much time in the forward line. So I think you've got to tread with caution with Bont, but if he can all of a sudden get midfield minutes... But, I mean, you know, we just spoke about kind of the depth of the Dogs midfield. Libba, Wallace, Dunkley, McLean, McRae, um, Caleb Daniel. Uh, there's probably a fair few there that I'm missing as well. A lot of players can run through this Dogs midfield, and it just means that they need to put players in other positions, and no one kind of can play the... Forward line role as good as Bond when considering these other midfielders. Um, so unfortunately, that means Bond probably spends more time up forward like he has in the last season or two, and obviously that will impact his ability to pump out some really big kind of super coach numbers and average, averages.
0: Be one of those ones that if you just knew he was going to play in the fucking guts, you'd probably take the. the he's like, yeah, but you yeah, just just, just don't
1: know. Hey, um. So- we did forget one player before we kind of do this outrageous uh, stuff. The other one that we probably need to keep an eye on is is Bailey Smith uh, in the JLT as well. He's, yep. he's a more a highly-priced midfielder, about 180s. Um, but, yeah, certainly a JLT watch. And kind of a, a popular selection right when teams dropped was uh, Scotty West and Riley West. So um, we'll give him a little bit of a mention for a, a, like a to watch list for JLT. too.
0: That'll be good. We'll be back. Next week with our JLT pods too. How exciting
1: is that going to be? Probably it would be good to talk about some actual football and to kind of start to fine-tune because, uh, yeah, things are just being settled for a period of time. Here, but it will be good to get some games on the belt and start to fine-tune and, yeah.
0: So. Go back to those longer pods. Um, your outlandish statement for the Dogs.
1: Well, my outlandish statement, and I kind of mentioned it before, but considering Breta is dead, McRae is now a dead, irrelevant supercoach player. He's, he's gone down with him. <laughs> him with him. I'll tell you, Brett, Brett is such a selfish prick. There was no way he was going to leave this podcast without taking Jack McRae with him. Yeah,
0: Anything. Brett can publicly <laughs> apologize to him. Um, Josh Dunkley finishes the second best forward.
1: Behind dangers.
0: Behind dangers. I because I dreamt it.
1: You know what? Those last five games, though, put him ahead of danger. Like, if, he, if those last five games were his total average for the year, you would be ahead of danger, wouldn't you? Yeah.
0: Well, 136.
1: He'd be number one in the column.
0: Yeah, he would have been number and one it's,
1: in the it's, it's, it's big. Yeah. It, it's honestly huge.
0: Dead. Um. Well, have you got the code in front of you?
1: Oh, of course I've got the code. So, yeah. again, so it's a group code, not a league code. Don't get excited. The league codes will come out. Um, well, I don't. I can't even tell you when they'll come because We never know ourselves, but they'll be uh, much closer to the start of the year. We've got 22 days, cause you know that 22 days until round one at the time of recording. But anyways, we've got over 450 members as part of our group this year, which is up on you know the 200 we had last year. We're looking for at least 600. So go ahead, go in, go into the league section uh, at the top. You'll see leagues, groups, and rivalries. Select groups. Add a, add this group and enter this code 661452. The top three overall point scorers will win a Supercoach Elite T-shirt. So it's free entry, so get around it.
0: Absolutely love it. Um, as we said, we will be back next week for the JLT Round 1 wrap-up. How exciting. There'll be plenty of rookie talk. I suppose. Um, we'll get questions up next Monday. When are we going to record the podcast? Are we going to stay Tuesday? You might as well stay. Oh, there's game on Monday, yeah. So we'll have questions up on Monday. We'll have the podcast recorded on the Tuesday for the JLT Round 1. Wrap up, as always, community. Peace out and thank you for listening.